0: challenging men to be great men. Don't just be a male, be a man, a great man. Welcome to the Great Man Podcast with your host, New York Times best-selling author and leader of men, Stephen Mansfield. Gentlemen, let us begin. Hey, I want to tell you, first of all, that uh, we've got a lot of construction around our studios in Nashville, Tennessee, so you may hear some background noise. It's not bothering us. We hope it doesn't bother you. Second of all, I want to tell you that I'm proud of you. You're there. You got some battles. You got some struggles. You got some things you're striving for in noble manhood. I know you got some pains, some insecurities. It's a tough time to be a man of the kind that we're describing on this podcast these days, but I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you for striving. I'm proud of you for banding with other men. I'm proud of you for hammering out noble manhood in your life. So hang in there. Know that I'm praying for you, and I'm really delighted that you're with me. I want to talk about one of the great skills of noble manhood. I want to use a story from my early life to describe what it is. As I've told you before in this podcast, when I was uh, just I had just finished my sophomore year of high school, I had spent the previous years in Berlin, Germany. My father was an army officer, and we had been in Berlin, Germany, behind the Iron Curtain. Well, in the spring of nineteen seventy four, after my sophomore year, My father got transferred to West Des Moines, Iowa. Can you believe it? Uh, He was going to command the Army Reserve, and that's one of their headquarters at that time anyway. And so now I find myself moved from Germany, from Berlin, from behind the Iron Curtain, from a highly multinational situation, best friends, British, French, German, um, and moved instead to Des Moines, Iowa. Well, I got there early that summer of 74. And I got to tell you, that was a painful, disorienting time. First of all, of course, one of my big ways I would have defined myself as being a football player, and the football players in Iowa were huge. They were all big old farm boys. They were all bench pressing 100 pounds more than I was. I went to a YMCA football camp, got my backside beaten. I mean, that was early in the summer. I thought, what in the world? The high school I was going to go to was four. Thousand people, larger than most colleges and universities. It was a city, had a quarter mile long uh, hallway, as I've told you before. Massive. The kids there had been living in West Des Moines their whole lives, so they'd known each other since uh, kindergarten. I was the outsider. I was the stranger. I was the odd one. Um, it was a painful, disorienting time, and I thought, "Man, I'm heading into two years of hell. I may not even be able to play football." Uh, I'm, I'm I'm this and I got to tell you looking back on it as an adult I, this could have really been a turn towards some negative stuff in my life. I've got to tell you that uh, the alcohol that flowed amongst my gang of people, the, the people I knew in that high school—not just my gang, but at all—was unbelievable. They used to have a thing called Breakfast Club, and they'd get drunk before they went to school in the morning just for fun. Uh, the wealth was unbelievable. I mean, I knew girls who drove, drove Jaguars to high, to high school and put them in, parked them in the in the parking lot. Literally, that was their family car. That was their car from their family. Um, the sex was unbelievable. I mean, orgies were happening. I never, you know, even though I was in perverse Europe and perverse Berlin, I. I'd never even seen such things. That certainly wasn't part of my tribe. And I was, I could have really taken a turn towards the dark side, could have really pulled out of all the things that I love doing, football and other sports and certain academic studies and stuff like that. But my parents at that point sat me down. You got to realize my father wasn't a Christian, wasn't a very expressive man, my mother more so. And they said, Stephen, you're, you're in the middle of a, of a really painful transition, you were kind of king of the hill back in Berlin. High school was smaller. You were—they used to call you super sophomore. You accomplished things. You traveled a lot. You bring broad life. Lots of art. Lots of traveling in beautiful places. Our family took vacations everywhere. You had beautiful girls to date, and you just—you—you you, you accomplished a great deal, and we were proud of you. But this transition now is—is is painful for you. We want to say something to you. Clearly, God, life, fate is handing you an opportunity to rise up. It's handing you an opportunity to take on these challenges. And if you'll do it, if you'll see this as a moment, this, this moment of this transition to this unusual school, this unusual part of the country with these people who've been together forever and are tight clicks and everything, uh, with unusual with habits you're not part of, if you will see this as a chance to rise, if you'll, if you'll work hard, Um, If you'll achieve, if if you'll seek to conquer yourself and the challenges, it's possible something's going to happen here that you can look back on for the rest of your life and know that the good from this flowed into the rest of your life. This is a transitional moment for you. So own it. Conquer it. Make glorious things happen. And I got to tell you, just just that my parents even understood that I was going through great challenges. Just for them to even understood how stand how, how intimidated I was, um, and and uh, and how lonely I was. I'd lived for in Berlin for four years, and now in the middle of my high school career, I moved to where I don't know. I literally don't know anybody, and these people have been together since the dark ages. It was painful. It was disorienting. But the fact that my parents understood, the fact that they encouraged me, the fact that they believed. That that victory was right out there and a victory that would flow into the rest of my life if I would just not sink, not shrink, not hold back, not allow myself to be rolled over, but declare myself and make some things happen. And I did. I got in the weight room. I worked to study harder. I dated some amazing girls. I I made a life out of those last two years there in Des Moines, Iowa, before I went off to college. And those two years were huge for me. Huge. And, and I would not have attacked them. I would not have made them uh, a target. I would not have battled my way through them if I had not had that talk from my parents. And again, parents who were not used to speaking to me that way. And this moment in which my parents stepped into my life, I, I define as, as, as a moment in which someone is given a destiny GPS. And I want to tell you that this is part of the lore and the craft of a great man. People are all in battles for their lives. Everyone you know is fighting a great battle, Philo of Alexandria said, and so you should be kind. But I want to go beyond being kind as a man. My son, my daughter, my wife, my band of brothers, I want to ponder their lives from the standpoints of the challenges that they face. What are they dealing with? What, what are the, what, what's the dividing line here? What, what's, the, what's the challenge? What are the battle lines of their life? I, I'm constantly asking, what's your battle? And what does your day of victory look like? So so a father has a young son in his home and and that son's going through some challenges and and the father sits down with him and says, son, I believe that you can so conduct yourself now in, in facing these battles that you're facing, that on the day of graduation, you won't just have a piece of paper that says, hey, I graduated from high school. That will be a day of victory. You will have conquered. You will have battled through this opposition. You would have found yourself a new gang of, of friends because the old old gang's not serving you well. You, you, you will have accomplished. You will have struck out and tried to do some new things. Maybe be in that play. Maybe go on that trip. Maybe try some new skills. Work hard on these academics. You can do that. And so that day of graduation, when you lift that diploma above your head and we all cheer you, notice how the picture's being painted by the words that, that can be more than just a graduate from, graduation from high school. That can be a day uh, in which you, um, it's a day of victory on a whole lot of fronts. So that kind of conversation that a father might have with a son or a daughter or with his wife or with himself or with his band of brothers, that's helping that individual find that destiny GPS. What's your current battle? What's really being hammered out in your life? What does the day of victory look like? And what's your battle plan? Let me just, by the way, say that very quickly what's your battle? What does the day of victory look like? And what's your battle plan? Everybody needs to be in that process. And everybody is whether they recognize it or not. What they may need from you is that destiny GPS where you step into their life and you say, look, let me define for you a little bit where you are. You, know, you don't want to talk like that because they might resent it, but just do it. Just say, look, I'm so proud of you. You've come through some tough stuff here of late, but here's obviously what you're battling. So you tell me, let me tell you, down the road, there's a, there's a day of victory. It's probably going to be that graduation day or that, that day of promotion or whatever, whatever it is. And, and, and let me tell you, this, this can be something that, that flows into the rest of your life, that what you're facing now can help you develop such character, such depth, such wisdom, such skill, that if you'll throw yourself into the battle, if you'll execute a good plan, we can be celebrating before too long, a massive day of victory for you that will radiate into the rest of your life. Now, that's the way men should speak to each other. That's the way men should speak to their wives. That's the way men should speak to their daughters and their sons. Not the only way, obviously, but, but the way that we speak to each other, the way that we encourage each other. And you need, that's why you need a band of brothers, because you need this happening in your life, and you need to be doing it in the lives of others. Part of our gift as men is that we can see things more in a destiny sense. We can see more the long range. We can see a little bit better. We're a a little bit better equipped to see the value of short-term challenge and difficulty um, in terms of the long-term trajectory of a person's life. That's why we're good coaches. That's why we can, and I'm not saying that women aren't. I'm just saying that's why men naturally coach each other and and do this. And so, uh, but the problem with a lot of men is they're distracted. They're not paying attention or they think somebody else is going to do it. Man, I hope that coach at school talks to my son. No, get off your butt and talk to your son yourself, but take some moments to ponder in advance. What's he dealing with? What's this? What are the challenges? What's going on? Get the eyes of some other people on it. I haven't always understood what my kids were going through. But I've had people around me who helped me see it. And then I went and talked to my kids as though these ideas were mine because that's the whole idea. The whole idea was to equip the father to understand the challenges of the kids so that he could offer that that, uh, that, that destiny GPS. This is one of the great skills of manhood. It's what great men have done in high offices. It's what they've done on battlefields. It's what they've done as a band of brothers. It's what they've done in companies. It's what they've done in partnerships. It's what they've done on the frontiers and on ship decks. And it's the way that you identify where we are, identify what battle looks like, identify what victory looks like one day. One day we will, this is what Churchill did, as I've said many, many times, all during World War II. One day, if we do this right, We will walk in broad sunlit uplands. One day they will say this was our finest hour. One day we will sit at that pub and raise a glass and be a free people. That's the way he spoke. And that's how people ought to live lives. But they need the help of the men in their lives to get it done. Thank God women can do it too because men are often absent. And if women couldn't do it, we'd be in trouble. But you need to step into the life of your son, your daughter, your wife, your band of brothers, maybe even family members beyond your immediate. I'm not saying you got 50 people you've got to go coach, but I'm saying this is part of the flow that ought to be in your life. Now, this is the last podcast I'm doing for May. The next one I do is in June. That means that June, July, and August, the traditional summer months are starting. You're going to be spending more time with family members, picnics, walks, who knows, vacations, time at the beach, maybe I hope at least at the pool. I want you to take some time with those around you. I want you to ponder their lives in advance. And I want you to talk to them about the, 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 the destiny GPS moments in their lives, the battle ahead, and what the day of victory can look like. I want you to inspire. I want you to commit yourself to be there. I want you to coach as much as you can without being controlling. I want people around you to be better. And I want them to be better because you do, for them, what my parents, unusually, by the way, did for me, to meet me at a moment of challenge, give me a map for it, Tell me what battle could produce and define that day of victory. And I did. I did. I kicked it. I could have done better. I did better in later life. But I certainly didn't sink into what I could have sunk into during those critical years. Give those you love and for whom you're responsible for that destiny GPS. Show them what the day of battle can look like. Show them how their current challenges are a form of battle. And help them craft a battle plan that leads to that day of victory. Because this is one of the great arts of noble manhood. To join the Great Man Movement or to book Stephen to speak at your men's event, go to greatman.tv. You'll learn about Stephen Mansfield's three essential books for men, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, Building Your Band of Brothers, and Men on Fire, as well as some other great resources for helping you become the great man you are made to be. The Great Man Podcast is a Mansfield Group production.